podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone, Merry Christmas, ho ho ho, etc, etc. Yes, another one has come and gone, but of course the World of Rangers never stops. My name's David Edgar, I am your host as always, and I'm joined this week by the splendid mellifluous meister of masterful bon mots, Mr Martin Ramsey. Merry Christmas David, listeners, hope you're all well. Did you have a good one? I did, thanks. Um, one of the very fortunate... Uh, people in a position where they don't have to break any rules to, to see uh, a lot of family given that there's a, quite a fair bit of family living with us at the moment so it was uh, it was nice, nice to have a Christmas with very small people very excited um, and yeah, that was everything you want from a uh, festive season including three points and hopefully more to come Yeah, it's, it, you and I often ruminate on this, the, the influence that a game, a sport, but a game, you know, we're not playing it, watching it, following it has on our lives. It, I love Christmas. It's one of my favourite times of the year. Um, it's, you know, family, even I didn't have to break any rules either. Uh, luckily, we still managed the um, eight people, three households. We were all good with it. So uh, got to see my parents, my nephews, my sister, my husband, etc. But um, even with that, uh, a defeat or a draw in either of the two matches on the 23rd or 26th, and I'd have been in a great big half. Especially the one before. Um, you and I grew up roughly the same time, David. Uh, Rangers and Christmas seem to go well, generally. Um, it's when uh, certainly Smith um, would Smith's teams would put the foot down, uh, and that's where titles were won, really, by, by absolutely powering through December and, and January. So, uh, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. These these players do not know us. They do not care about us. But um, you're very much about them, and our our mood round that table on uh, on Christmas Day would have been affected by a, a sluggish uh, performance and a couple of points dropped in Perth. But thankfully, not to be. Indeed, uh, Martin here got married last week. Congratulations, or a couple of weeks ago, and um, his his first marital row came from the fact that <laughs> you did go in a huff the day after you got married because Rangers lost in in Paisley. Yeah, and just over twenty four hours later, the honeymoon had been uh, <laughs> was very much over. Um, uh, uh, that, we had met before. Uh, I, I right, I was wondering if, yeah. if perhaps you'd managed to somehow conceal this personality trait all throughout <laughs> your relationship. She's forgotten in, in 2020, really. She'd have to go back to March, really, before. Sure. Uh, uh, so um, it possibly just slipped her mind. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's it's all very silly. But... Um, when things work out, when 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 trophies are lifted and and, and everything else, it's it's all worth it. You're absolutely correct there. And uh, Rangers took a, another important step with the match against Hibs on Boxing Day. One of my all-time favourite matches, Martin, is is Hibs on Boxing Day, 1995, the Gaza yellow card game, seven 0 Jim Leighton walking off looking like a uh, a victim of shell shock uh, at the end of that match. Rangers absolutely running riot that day. Uh, didn't ever really threaten. To be a game like that, I'm afraid, uh, at the weekend. Hibs are a decent, decent side, in my opinion. Um, Jack Ross knows what he's doing as a coach. They have some decent players. Uh, Nisbet, the striker, 
I think really does have a, a, a decent amount of potential. I think that they might have, they might be onto something there. Um, but the rest of them all, all know their job. They were never going to make it easy. And look, you know, we've got the Old Firm game coming up, and I don't doubt that Hibs are the third best team in the country. But even so, given the matches we've we've played, only going on that, Hibs are the side that caused us most trouble. Easily, easily. Um, whether than this, but. Was as effective, was as dangerous without his uh, his pal up with him uh, is um, is up for debate. Uh, but you're right; they 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 are given jobs. They're they're kind of fearless when it comes to the old firm. I think that they're, they're quite yeah, secure yeah. in the jobs that they they have, secure in their organisational setup. But if we lose, and what um, we we need to keep playing in, in a particular way that will get his points, you know, elsewhere. So why would we why would we change that too much? Um, so funny you mentioned that ninety five game. I think I texted after about six or seven minutes. This is very much like a basketball game. It's very intense, very open. Hibs could also have scored very early on, uh, and maybe I put the dampener in the, in the whole game because it seemed to settle down and, and never really got back into that very um, towsy start again um but yeah at home or away that it's a it's certainly a game you're, you're quite relieved to, to get out a, of a dodge with, with all three i think speaking of that start rangers um could have conceded very early uh, we didn't give much away in terms of chances at the weekend which is something we'll come back to but but early on we did um got done in again you know across out from full but yeah it was the same error we've seen a few times I think maybe just literally caught cold uh, the, the weather conditions were appalling and I know Scottish people hate hearing this right and I know they all go oh it's always been like that and, and you're right and it's going to be like that for the next few months and it'll be like that next year etc etc but it's still quite difficult to play in those conditions at times the wind was horrendous uh you know, rain, I, I never have much sympathy for. It, no. it can rain. Snow, it can snow. Um, you get on with it. But wind is a bugger uh, because it does, I think, just introduce an element of uncertainty into people's play. And it, it, also because it wasn't particularly readable. You know what I mean? It wasn't just, oh, there's a strong wind blowing left to right. It was gusty. It, it would come up out of nowhere um, and it was swirly. So, all of that played a factor, but got a wee bit lucky because the boy just couldn't get enough on it at the back post or he, he might be able to steer it in, which would have made for a completely different game. But on that point you made, after about six or seven minutes, the Hibs coaching staff were very much out on the touchline. Quite alarmed, I think, that they had been their team had been sucked into a basketball game, as you put it, that that was not what they wanted because you go toe-to-toe with us, the chances are they would lose. And I think that that's a perfectly sensible route to take if you're hurt. Because if they had gone into that, right, you attack, we'll attack, we'd have beat them. Uh, I've no doubt about that. And I don't think the Hibs bench had much doubt about that. So they, they, I think that they felt that they got a bit excited, you know, after that chance. And then it did, as you say, settle into that. So then it was whether or not Rangers could, could get the breakthrough, whether or not we could keep out Hibs on the break. They, they were certainly more ambitious than same other well, um, but equally they were keeping oh, the back door locked. I think, which is perfectly sensible, you know. They were, they were organised well, they were structured yeah. well, but they had threat. And um, no, I, I I didn't think it was as, anywhere near as stodgy and as depressing as the Motherwell um, approach. No, they always they had just an outcome. a well organised defence. 
Yeah, they always had an out ball. But for Rangers, that meant a lot of possession and having to be patient with it. And I was quite impressed by the way that Rangers did keep to our passing game and, and do so successfully, which which led to the goal discussed in, in a few seconds. But I thought the Rangers front four in particular were, you know, certainly keen to, to try and make things happen. Um, their, their movement does give teams a problem. They do move sides about, which against stodgy defences you absolutely need. Could have been ahead um, a couple of times before we were um, from set pieces. Connor Goldson, I thought he should have scored. Leon Balogun, maybe a bit unlucky in that it was cleared off the line, but again, I thought should have scored, um, which would have made things a lot easier. The goal when it came, though, Martin, was absolutely magnificent because bear in mind, as I say, I've just moaned about the conditions. To score a goal like that, at any time is pretty good but what I loved about this goal was that it, it to me it showcased the strengths of some of our key players first of all Joe Aribo strength keeps the ball when he's being wrestled you think that he's going to be pulled down and he, he wasn't he keeps the ball Glenn Kamara bursting through as he did against St Johnston on Wednesday night uh, adding impetus lovely ball Kamara Ruth in this tight area in this tight pack defence has found a bit of room God knows how but he has and then he picks out a lovely ball. Yanis Hadji times his run. Good finish. 1-0 up. I thought it was a splendid goal. A brilliant goal. Um, uh, you've just listed the characteristics there. The, the kind of strength, the perseverance, the patience. Uh, nothing seemed too rushed, but it, and it still felt fluid. Um, the vision um, to see these uh, these connections uh, kind of potentially line up and then obviously the execution and, 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 and the passes and, and the finish. It was a, a brilliant example of what we're capable of um, and it's an example of what, what Rangers have to do and what we, what we didn't and haven't done enough in the last couple of seasons in these types of situations where um, defences are either packed in numbers or just very well drilled. Uh, we'd see the tempo went far too slow and far too side to side and please no, no, you do that no, you change the game, thanks um, we saw a wee bit in the first half we saw a lot in the first half against Motherwell um, the other week I thought we saw it in the first 20 odd minutes against St Johnson until the, the goal came and then we're back into this um, type of football that we know we're capable of and to show that again on, on Saturday was uh, very encouraging because it takes bravery it sounds ridiculous because when it comes to, to Scottish football audience we, we associate bravery with crunching tackles and that alone it's not it's, it's playing your game under pressure playing your game against an opponent that you know are not going to make it easy for you but sticking to your guns uh, and, and having the, the trust and confidence that you will tease out these openings um, and that will be enough uh, I, I thought it was a super Super goal, but it was bigger than that. It, it, more just an example of of what we are doing at the moment, and haven't done anywhere near enough in, in those those previous two seasons. Yeah, I, you mentioned a word there, confidence. I think that another aspect of that is confidence in your teammate. Yeah. To not always play the square ball to the guy in space. To say, okay, there, there is a guy approaching you, but I've got faith that you can take the ball in a tight situation and beat him, and that will thus open it up for me because otherwise if you don't you do lapse into the side to side passing in front of a defence which they will happily sit and watch you do all day to get you know till you get frustrated and give the ball away and I think that Rangers are because you've got guys like Aribo because you've got guys like Ruth that 
the teammates go, no, I, I can turn it. You know, he'll want the ball there more than it. You know, that's a big part of it. He'll want to take that because he'll, he'll have the confidence to go past that guy that's, that's coming on him and that will open up space for us. One guy who's not in optimum form, I think it's fair to say, is Ryan Kent. And it's an interesting debate this week of all weeks in that we have two matches coming up. We've got St Mirren. Obviously, as we return to the scene of, I was going to say the scene of the crime, but it was our crime, you know. So, yeah, they didn't, they didn't steal it. No. no, no, they weren't. We weren't robbed. Uh, the crime was that we uh, got complacent and, and completely shut down, and then did it again after we equalised. So, uh, we bit unfair on St. Mirren that. But I think that you know, people say maybe you should rest them, um, give them a week out of firing line, all that. But then again, Celtic, you always play Ryan Kent. No, you do. Um, Kent and Morelos are the interesting ones uh, things aren't happening with the ball for either of them at all and they haven't really for a while uh, they haven't long before anyone was really prepared to admit that they weren't but their movement, their willingness their um, their effort I don't think has, has been in question and, and there's also this kind of debate about the use of Morelos this season being maybe a wee bit more intelligent in, in the space that it, that it helps create for, for other players, um, whereas we were so blunt, so obvious. Um, and it's testament to the strength of the squad now, uh, testament to the the general confidence that these two players that we're talking about, I know you, you primarily talked about Kent, but I think there's a similarity there this season with, with Alfredo Morelos as well, is that in the previous... Um, season or two, it's been them and them alone that we were reliant on. Um, and yet they're not as sparkling as, as they, they have been and we're still motoring on quite the thing. Uh, so that, that's better news for us. They won't play like that all season, one would hope. The, something will click eventually because they, certainly we can't, too good not to. Uh, and then, you know, We've got even more options, and, and you know Rangers should be should be even better as a result. Um, but he is still showing up; he's still willing um, for both of them. You just, you just hope it, it just takes something. I hope with Kent it was that that goal against Aberdeen was it a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, but <laughs> I often think he tries too hard. At times. He does try too hard um, when he's not pl- when he feels he's not yeah. playing well. I think you can see it. it. Yeah. So you know that's a. He's still relatively young. Uh, it kind of comes with an experience, I suppose. Um, but I wouldn't quite be at panic stations yet uh, as long as Roof and well, it's, it's Aribo and Haji at the moment. Um, it was our field. It was other players that, are, that have chipped in. Um, as long as someone's chipping in with the ball, you know, actually finishing things off, making things happen uh, directly with the ball, uh, then it, it, it's possibly not the the worst thing to have uh, one or two players who are doing a lot of work um, without it uh, and keeping defences on, on their toes because Celtic will be wary of that, one would assume. Yeah, for me, you always play Ryan Kenny against Celtic. One, he hates them. Um, for, you know, for whatever reason, almost as much as we do, I think. And two, um, they fear him. So yeah. it's it's a good combo, but uh, yeah, I think at times you can see where he knows he's not quite on it, and you're right, forcing it is is the exact term. Um, never hide, you know that that's one thing about him, but just wasn't in his best form at the weekend. But you're right when you mentioned that 
in previous years we've we've been over reliant on certain players, but at the moment Roof and then you're getting Arebo getting back to his best. Hadji coming in now and making an impression in the last couple of games. This is this is the difference, and you've still got Eta and you've still got Defoe that you can call on. So that I think is is primarily the difference. Into the second half, Hibbs I thought began to assert some territorial dominance. Um, the game shifted and moved into. I wouldn't say moved into to the Rangers end. It moved into the, if you like, the uh, our second quarter of our half, um, <laughs> where Rangers were keeping Hibs at bay. I thought pretty well. The manager spoke afterwards about one of the tactics was to try and draw them out and hit them on the break. And the argument could be Rangers did have a lot of good. I wouldn't necessarily call them opportunities because that indication you know, it ends with a shot at goal. But we had a lot of good positions we should have done better in on the break. I thought. Yeah, it's one of those uh, failure to create the opportunities to create chances. If that that makes any sense, it's it's, it's something just a, a step back from um, missing chances. Uh, yeah, because it's but, it's a lot like four on threes that that yeah. are only there for a second, but the wrong ball, the wrong decision, and they're gone. So you know, it, it, it you see it happening as it breaks, but then it's over almost instantly because someone's made the wrong decision. Yeah, and uh, kind of falls on on how you look at life, I suppose. And and uh, you know we're all optimists or um, pessimists, I guess. Um, when we're all watching football, I think we're all pessimists, and I think that's that's just the nature of uh, uh, the nerves and, and the nature of being unable to control this thing that means so much um, in your life. Uh, we're not creating. We are not creating the chances at this minute in time. Um, now, the, the the positive spin on it is Rangers in the past few weeks um, in the league anyway um, have been doing something that we simply have not been able to do um, previously, which we've learned how to grind. We have learned how to do enough uh, to conserve energy because this period. Um, pretty much from October to, to Christmas in Scotland is, is wild. And uh, you can't go at it full steam or you will burn out in the second half of the season, which we've done. Um, so you just need to know um, and be able to get enough done um, at whatever whatever level um, that you, you can get away with, really. That's what grinding out means. The next question, and that's great. It's great to see because we have not been able to do it I think we've had a common complaint about that, really, um, over over the piece. Uh, right at the start of the season, um, you know, you pick out a few one nils, can't you? Pitodry Rugby Park um, and uh, the, the the Hibs game there, um, big points. That's that's all that kind of matters. The next question is, will we be able to shift it, shift the gears? Um, basically, on on Saturday, um, St Mum, we'll talk about in a minute. Does that need? Rangers at full throttle, maybe given the the, the reminder of the, the the cup still still fresh there, um, but the old firm game will. I don't think we can really kind of grind that out. I don't think we can do that in second gear as bad as they are, as troubled as they are. Uh, but that game you hope kind of takes care of itself, and then you're into a period where you're not playing every twenty minutes. We we don't have a midweek game for Three six weeks. It's yeah. ages, I think. Oh, the the Hibs game at the end of January. Yeah. Um. So you, that's that's different. Then you're into a different stage of the season, um, where you can uh, probably give more 
on on that that weekend with the knowledge that you you can recuperate. You have time to recuperate. You get time to work on things. It's just a different kind of uh, a different kind of uh, proposition. Um, but how easy is it to be in a position or in this this mood, this kind of mode where you've just been doing enough, getting through, uh, and then been asked to, to shift the gears up um, a couple? Well, we'll find out. Absolutely. Um, Hibs had a penalty. You might have heard this, but Hibs had a penalty shout. Now, as of, uh, people might know, I, I'm fortunate enough to be at the games at the moment. And I, you know, without TV coverage or whatever, I watched it and I went, oof, a bit high feet there. But didn't think it was a penalty. Um, and certainly the reaction from Hibs players and their bench wasn't, we have been completely done out of a Stonewall penalty kick reaction. Um, you know, the arms go up, but the arms go up for everything. You know, in, a, in football, everybody claims everything. But it was kind of gone and forgotten about almost instantly. And, and I was thinking, you know, he needs to be a wee bit careful there. That can go wrong easy. But to my surprise, um, afterwards, it, it, it was apparently the clearest penalty kick that anyone had ever seen and terrible decision. And how did they not get that? Whereas, I've got to be honest, I thought, yeah, he went up, but didn't come close to touching the hips player. Um, why it was such a stonewall penalty, I don't know. Uh, on Sky, they had the referee expert, Dermot Gallagher, who's no friend of Rangers. He said, no, it's it's definitely not a penalty because there's absolutely no contact at all there. No reason for a Hibs player to go down. Um, your thoughts, Martin? Uh, well, you've answered that question, or Dermot Gallagher has answered that question, or other people um, answered that question on the same day. But those people were not paid to give their thoughts on a national broadcaster. Um, they, they were not paid to be experts um, given that insight. <laughs> Football general, I don't think, really does punditry particularly well. There are obviously some, some um, exceptions, especially um, uh, in England. Um, but even then, a lot of it's garbage. Uh, <laughs> the, the the focus we give uh, on, on ex-pros is, is probably too weighted. Um, they're not as good as they are in other sports in, in terms of giving that kind of knowledge and insight. Not enough of them know the laws of the game. Uh, but in Scotland, that you'd be you'd be struggling to to pick out those um, those exemptions, um, and what that does to the national game when you have such a, a kind of watered down soap opera approach to to covering the game and therefore shaping the conversation about the game and what we what we expect to see from from what we do see uh, is, is is another debate. Um, it it just it could have been solved sorted. Um, pretty quickly, uh, even if uh, it was raised in the first place, which it, it kind of shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have had to wait a couple of days or whatever for, for Dermot Gallagher or another broadcaster to come up and um, put a, uh, a line under it. Um, the standard's just terrible. Generally speaking, it's terrible. Then you move into agendas and, and everything else, which you know, you know me, David, I'm not hugely interested in that, as much as I love the 1990s. Um, but it, it's a sign of of, of that, that kind of desperation, I guess. Um, broadcasters want to talk about referees. That that, that show you mentioned there, the, the Dermot Gallagher one, that, that happens every, every, every Monday? Every Monday. Every Monday morning. So, football broadcasters love talking about decisions, even, or especially in the, in the era uh, of far. Um, 
So that in itself is a generic thing. It's not specific to Scotland, not specific to Rangers, um, but you you are bringing another agenda into the um, the, the coverage here, obviously. Um, and it's, it's it's always a good sign. We, we've how many, we're back to uh, there should be international referees covering Rangers, <laughs> like there are in the Europa League, where we're yeah. doing not too really bad. Well. Again, uh, yeah, um, I'd love to hear it. You love you just it's a good sign that the the the, the, the nature is healing, and we're, <laughs> we're coming back to um what we what we grew up knowing, um because for those peddling it, um either professionally for for cash or um just because it helps them sleep better at night, uh, it is a comfort, um and it's the only comfort that they, they, they appear to be drawing at the moment, um you would call it Trumpian. If this shower weren't decades ahead of the game, mm. proto Trumpian, yeah, if you will, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that in particular in Scotland at the moment, you know, in politics and in in life in general, I think that you have this this thing of, I know it's not that, but I want it to be that, and therefore I'm going to go with that. Um, and again, you know, that's something Celtic fans have been ahead of for years as well. It's seeing the world as you desire that it should be as opposed to how it actually is. And I think, you know, you saw that. Certainly you get it from the BBC. It's, well, okay, by the rules, it's not a penalty, but I think it should be. Okay, that's a completely different thing. So it's not a penalty then. Yeah, that's kind of what you're being paid for. Could you just help us here? We don't need the, the rest of the bullshit. Um, if anything, the only penalty in the game was the foul on roof by that animal, Porteous, who at it again... Um, said it before, he's going to seriously hurt somebody nothing will be done until that somebody is a Celtic player uh, and even then it would have to be one of the valuable ones before anything is said about him it's this love in Scotland, oh ah, look at a thumping tackle um, no, no, that's not defending that's uh, anyone can do that, doesn't make you a hard man by the way um, doing that, Sunnis was a hard man, you know, leaving somebody crumpled on the ground five feet away um, with nobody noticing, that's a hard man. Anyway, rant over. Moving on, you know, um, Alfie, you mentioned earlier, I, I thought he looked pretty sharp again. Yeah. Uh, I know he missed that sitter at St. Johnson, but he, he looked, his link-up play was a lot better because, you know, some of the games before his suspension, the the ball was bouncing off him. I mean, he was like a wall rather than, than an outlet. But I thought he looked back to holding up his, holding up the ball and, and driving it at them at the weekend, which was a positive sign. I would agree with that. Uh, the I think it was a Ross County game. It, you, it was like a curb, his first touch. I think it's yep. spun into the, the, the main stand you were there. Um, even though, as again, he's off the ball work, uh, as we've, we've mentioned, has its has its benefits. I, I would absolutely agree. Um, far um, far more focused and the, the ball was sticking. Um, something has built in his head. There's no way he misses those chances eight months ago. None. Um and I think, uh, in terms of that, it just needs one, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll start to, to, to flow again. Um, and yeah, how poetic would it be if, it, if they started flowing this week? It would be very pleasant indeed. But Rangers, you know, did uh, certainly Hibs were the team with the momentum. But again, apart from one long range effort, which was superbly dealt with by Alan McGregor, uh, not really under a, any. Uh, you know, it wasn't a case of saying, oh, we got lucky, they were hitting the post and the keeper was making save after that. It really wasn't like that. But Rangers got over the line and now move on 
as mentioned, to St Mirren. I can't remember the last time we played well in Paisley, in all honesty. Um, yeah, we, we, we've tended to win, thankfully, but performances haven't been great for whatever reason. It would be a very good day to put that right. Yeah, uh, clearly there are some wrongs to right from, from our, our point of view. They fully deserved um, their, their, their cup win. Um, it was a yeah, it was the end result of a, of a bit of complacency that I, I felt was growing a wee bit. We, we weren't caught out by it, but I, I felt that was in the post a wee bit. I had my fears about that. Um, and not just the lineup, but the lineup should have been fine. It should have been okay, but just the, it's the general approach. Um, you would think that that won't be the case on, on Wednesday afternoon, that we will be... Um, out to, to kind of put that right and, and you, you, you're right I, I can't remember the last time in any kind of um, iteration, any kind of manager um, any Rangers team that, that, that had gone there and, and really put in a show it seems to be a uh, a real grind of a, a, a fixture, if it's another 1-0 we'll, we'll probably take it um, uh, but with Saturday looming and again that need to, to start shifting up the gears and just in terms of the, the general performance, that, that general fluidity from the start. I think we're starting games particularly brightly um, and I, I, that would do our confidence. <laughs> when I say our confidence, you and I and, and those listening and those those watching over the next two games, um, the, the world will be good just to see Rangers at it from, from the, the start. I'm sure they'll manage it fine, however, uh, however they, they, they choose to go about it. But they'll Surely to Christ, they, they won't be walking into um, with their slippers on thinking we just have to turn up here. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about this Rangers run, and it says a lot about the rather exceptional circumstances of the last 10 years. Rangers have won 12 league matches on the spin. That's fantastic. Wasn't that long ago, remember, when three seemed like a an unachievable milestone? Um, but if we don't make it 14, there's going to be an awful lot of angry bears out there. <laughs> Welcome to Rangers. Have you two met? I mean, that's yes, that, that, this is this is the this is the nature of this club. Uh, I've, I've read a few people, understandably, questioning that how healthy it is, how conducive it is to good performances. Um, but that's why we, we, Rangers define ourselves to the rest of the footballing world as trophy collectors. Right, that's our thing. It's success. Uh, and that doesn't come about by shrugging off things as being, yeah, you know, we meant well. We, we, we had good intent. Um, we did a lot. But you should have seen us last week. We were brilliant mm-hmm. last week. Uh, it's it's today or it's yesterday or it's, it's the last game. Um, you know, Smith used to say you're, you're three defeats away from a crisis at this club. And it seemed ridiculous. And of course it probably is. But I don't think you get the club that we have without that incessant drive um, to keep those those, those standards up uh, it's been a huge run um, it's been necessary uh, you know six under Gerard is that the best and that came at the end of um, that first yeah, season, that first season the, the, the dead rubbers basically, basically um, yeah. uh, pressures off so to, to do that to do it in different ways a few four nils and an eight nil and there's been a club of very average performances but we have seen the job through um, and all of that is great but you're you're right um, 
start to slip up and you know all that matters is the margin right that that, that league football is about how other teams do by definition um so how far away you are you know if you're all things being equal if we were already sitting 10 13 points ahead um and this run did end this week you know we've seen good rangers teams have bad results before but the 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 comfort was so big and the knowledge that we've already won three or four league titles already recently we'll we'll be fine because they have that mental strength to, to kind of pick it back up and power on through they don't so you know we're it's all in the context of of everyone else and, and all the other teams or you know one other team so that's just the nature of it um this is a big it's a big old 10 days i think really and i know the the the, the few days seem important because they're, they're right on as Pitodri's not that far away after you're talking three wins and you're not quite in devon lock territory but you can see it yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 end would certainly be in sight there. The 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 mountaintop would certainly be in sight anyway. Um, no matter when we would reach it. So absolutely. Now, before we go today, Martin, I don't think we can leave without because there won't be a show. Um, obviously New Year's Day. So um, we will look ahead then to um to to Saturday. Not so much about the game because there's one in between. Um, so things can change between then and now, of course, with that. But it's January the 2nd, 2021, 50 years after the second Ibrox disaster when 66 Angel supporters lost their life in the uh, tragedy that, that took place that day. Um, commemorations for it will unfortunately be affected by COVID. There are there are certain things that, that simply we won't be able to do this year. But yeah, it somehow seems fitting that it's a match against Celtic on January the 2nd when our thoughts, as they do every year, turn to to the 66. But but this year, with, I think, um, even more resonance than normal. Yeah, uh, it's, been a, it's been a while, hasn't it, since um, we, we, we've had that fall exactly on on the, mm. the days, maybe 2011 so. was, was certainly certainly one of the, 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 the last we've, we've had this fixture in between uh, Christmas and New Year, obviously the last uh, the last few iterations um, I mean it's, it is always a um, point in time whenever we, we mark it um, seemingly but when you get this round number um, and especially 50 um, it, that, that point is for whatever reason, I'm not entirely sure um, seems even more resonant um, seems even more need to reflect and commemorate, uh, and and yeah, I'm sure in these difficult circumstances the club will still mark that um, properly. Um, at least there'll be a guarantee that it, it will be marked in the game with dignity for a change. Mm. Um, no coughing fits. No, th- 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 those those won't be those won't be an earshot. Um, uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, the day itself and the the, the anniversary, there are times to obviously just take some some time away as a football fan. Um, Used to going week after week and going to all sorts of grounds, um, taking for granted that you'll you'll get up the road after it. Um, And it it is always a a moment to to just appreciate um, how fortunate 
you are who unfortunate others weren't. Um, but Ibrooks is the monument itself. Uh, we have a statue mm-hmm. for that. That the stadium is the tribute, uh, and that's there every day. And in normal times, we we enjoy that um, every couple of weeks. Um, and I always think of that as being the, the, the more kind of fitting, lasting, um, vibrant um, monument to um, to those who sadly never come home. Saturday was one of the the, the strangest days that I've had going to, to Ibrox, even throughout this, because, you know, it was Boxing Day, and there I was walking through, you know, Glasgow City Centre, which was deserted, um, and then getting to Ibrox, deserted. But as I was walking around the stadium, there were lots of tributes at Bricks to people. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. this time of year, there were, there were flowers and um, gifts and, and various other and I mean hundreds to the possibly into thousands you know there were a lot um, and it was just an incredibly moving moving event for me just, just walking up there and realising the scale of what that institution means to people and the family ties, the generational aspects of it, you know that people Loved ones are commemorated as part of that stadium, and as you say, that the, the deeper aspect of that is the stadium itself will always be the tribute to the sixty-six people who, who passed away that day. And and it's been said before; it will be said again. Nobody shouldn't come home yeah. from attending a game of football ever. Um, it really is that simple. And uh, no matter your age, no matter what happens to the club, we've had some dark days. That will always be the one. Um, I think that. That is without doubt the worst thing um, to the club, and and all we can do at this time of year is is to remember our sixty six absent friends. Oh, absolutely, and your your point there. Um, it's so easy to kind of uh, be cynical about buying a brick for for someone, and and um, that that is a that's quite a touching story. That 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 will never change for those who who have who have dedicated that brick to. To their, their family and they will you know whatever the situation still go there at, at particular points in the year uh, because when you're five or six seven whenever you're you're introduced to this club you're not just handed something to keep you quiet for a saturday afternoon you're you're handed something that that's, that's a legacy that that, that that other people have gone before you walked the same streets sung the same songs whatever um you're carrying something on uh and keeping those bonds um, alive and keeping those memories alive is is a big part of that. Amen to that. Well, folks, uh, that'll do us on Heart and Hand this week and for this year. We will return, of course, next week, January the 4th, when we'll have a full review of the Old Firm match. Until then, can I thank our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Miles? Can I thank my splendid guest today, Martin Ramsey? Pleasure, David. Happy New Year, everyone, when it comes. And for those of you who are sitting with um, book tokens, even in the, the form of the ones with the Queen's head on them, may I just point you in the direction of Martin's book, The 50 Greatest Rangers Games. Uh, very, very much uh, a, a wonderful read. I actually reread it over the Christmas period. And uh, I've got to say that while the introductory chapter by me is without doubt the highlight, it, it, it's really well written. But... Uh, <laughs> The book itself is absolutely fantastic. Martin, where can they pick up a copy? 
Uh, on Amazon, um, Waterstones, the usual places. Uh, also in the Heart and Hand website if you want it signed, if you want it as a gift for someone, I'm happy to um, do a wee note in there for, for someone in particular. Um, but, but yeah, it's been uh, interesting to see that the, the Twitter kind of explode again as people got them for, for, for Christmas mm. presents. Um, it isn't just a rundown of, of, of these, these 50 greatest games as voted for by you that they can help and uh, public it's not 50 match reports um hopefully it's a, a kind of wider narrative explaining why things resonate to you why things don't resonate to you and what that says about how how we do history so from the very first game uh right on to 2018 i think um it is covered at this religious time of year let me say if you want a good book this is a bloody good book <laughs> so I can't. I can't think of any better advertising slogan than that, Martin. Apart from maybe you know, buy my fucking book. That worked for me. <laughs> I went sold it. On you that you one. and Bob Geldof just fucking saying, "Give me the fucking money." Give guys. me the fucking. I, I just went with the direct thing. It's like this took me ages. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> for the love of God, would you have? Can I get my fifty nine pence per copy that I'm entitled to? I uh, nobody gets rich off a book uh, unless unless Dan Brown, I think. Okay, folks, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a fabulous new year and stay staunch. Take care. Bye bye. Podcast Network.